Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. He's been diving deep into spiritual warfare. And what was interesting is during his study over the last three, four years, he actually had a demonic encounter that he had to rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ. And this is a man's man. Pastor Larry fought two years in Vietnam uh, with the Marines, saw a bunch of action. Then he became a pastor from there later in life. He ended up becoming a school teacher, very hardworking man, owned his own paint company, uh, multiple blue collar, white collar jobs. The man has life experiences. He's a cool dude, man's man, fun to be around, and he loves the Lord. For tuning again, this is Pastor Larry. So glad to have you here. We're still on the subject, and we will be for a while on the spiritual warfare of the believer and how to dress, how to dress our part, how to dress to protect ourselves against the onslaughts of Satan. And remember, it's a spiritual armor. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against Satan, his principalities and power and spiritual wickedness in high places. We talked about last uh, uh, lesson that the believer is fighting from victory, that Christ has already won the victory, but the enemy's in a counterattack. He's out to destroy your testimony. He's out to destroy your witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let him do that. God has allowed us for that not to happen. Always, always remember your witness. Who you represent? You represent Jesus Christ. So don't let Satan drag the name of Jesus Christ through the mud because God has given us this ability. He's given us this power we talked about that we can live for him. We can live for his name. Does that mean we're going to be perfect? No. There's always restored fellowship, is there not? We confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We used the example of David's life last week and how he's always running from Saul and he did some weird, weird things. He tried to use the sword of Goliath, which is the only weapon left in the city of Nob that the priest Ahimelech gave him. He tried feigning madness when he went to the town of Gath. He did some odd things. When you're out of fellowship with God, you'll do odd things. Believe me, I did that. You'll do some strange things. You'll seek counsel from wrong people. We must make sure we're taking a stand. We're living in fellowship day by day, in God's word, fellowshipping with the Lord Jesus Christ, staying close to him. This is a dangerous world. This is a dangerous, sly, cunning enemy that we have. I can't emphasize that too much, but we have a powerful Savior. That is in Jesus Christ. So, let's get back to Ephesians 6.10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong. We're just going to tear this verse apart because it's a prerequisite for the rest of the armor. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. First, we have Paul's address. He says, my brethren. So Paul is addressing the church. In fact, Paul's whole address in the book of Ephesians is addressed to the church 
of Ephesus, primarily, and to the indi indi individual believers, secondary. How many of you know that it's easier to fight an enemy as a unit than trying to stand alone? especially a powerful enemy of Satan. One of the major purposes of Marine Boot Camp was to teach us to work as a team. In fact, in the Marine squad, they had fire teams. They didn't have fire individuals. They had taught us how to live, how to fight as a team. There was no individuals in our unit. Our lives depended on each other. So the use of all the plural pronouns that are found in the first chapter of the book settles the argument, such as the word saints, the word Paul says that God has blessed us, us. Verse 3, verse 4, he has chosen us. Verse 5, having predestined us, he has made us accepted in the beloved. Verse 6, verse 8, he has abounded toward us. Verse 11, in whom we have attained an inheritance. And verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory. Notice all the plural pronouns. So Paul's pri uh, primarily addressing the church, the church at Ephesus. Like I said before, individuals are secondary, not of, uh, not of importance, but in the order that he's addressing the church at Ephesus. So, just to prove my point, and I like to do that with scripture, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. Chapter 1, verses 22 through 23. And we're talking about when Paul is addressing, saying, finally, my brethren be strong in the Lord. We're talking about the word brethren talking about a unit, a local church. So Ephesians 1, this is how this is all tying in together. Spiritual armor and the rest of the book of Ephesians. Chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. It says, And God has put all things under his feet and gave him, that's Christ, to be the head over all things to the church. And in verse 10 of chapter 3, quote, To the intent now unto the principalities and powers in the spiritual realm or heavenly places, it might be made known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God. They know that you are representing God's wisdom to Satan and his demons? That must really frustrate him. No wonder he's going to attack us. He's going to try to destroy that. But God wants us to show Satan that we can be victorious in the middle of his kingdom. And again, chapter 3, verse 21, it says, Unto him Christ be glory in the church by Jesus Christ. Now listen very carefully what I'm going to say in this message. The local church, which Ephesus was, 
Ephesus was a local church. The seven churches of Revelation are local churches in each city. We know that the church universal is the body of Christ, made up of all the local churches. The local churches that believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the local church is but an arm, the body of Christ. It is biblical and by God's design. You remember what the first church was? The church at Jerusalem. So there are local churches. Ephesus was a local church. Here's what I'm going to say, and listen very carefully. If you're not going attending a local church, you must find one. Find a local church that believes, I don't care if it's Baptist, I don't care if it's Brethren, but you find a church that believes the scriptures, or the word of God, all 66 books, and that Jesus and Jesus only is the Savior, that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. There's fundamentals that you must believe in. You believe in the deity of Christ, you'll believe in the Trinity. You believe in the deity of Christ, you'll believe in the blood atonement, the sacrifice for sins. I cannot emphasize this too much, men and women. Please listen to this. This is important. It is paramount in your spiritual growth in how that relates to your struggle against the wiles of the devil. Because you know as well as I do that when Satan seeks to divide us, to get us alone, then he can defeat us. You will be defeated without other believers to pray for you, to comfort you, to hold you accountable to, to just come alongside you and weep and love you and pray for you. Fellowship is a sweet blessing, and you cannot fellowship with other believers on a podcast. I'm sorry, I can't hold you and pray for you and love you like I should. This is just a podcast. It is not a local church. I've just been blessed here to go back to my local church that I, when I was saved, that maybe a month later I would start attending this church. It just happens to be a Baptist church, by the way. It just happens to be. I'm not a Baptist. I'm a Christian and just go to a Baptist church. And I just recently went back here about two months ago and oh, what a blessed time. Pastor's been pastoring there almost 64 years at one local church. And they've been such an influence in my life. He's taken an interest in me and he's taken interest in my wife and Oh, and she has blessed her heart. And to know that, that builds you up in your faith. It prepares you against the wiles of Satan that you can now have somebody to go to. You can't do it by listening to sermons on the radio, how great that is in the Word of God. But listen to me. You must, I am not the local church. TV, sermons. And they listen to TV sermons and coming from a church, but that's not a church that you should attend. Not the biblical definition of a church. 
So I can't emphasize this too much. You will be defeated, and I will say that right out. You do not have a local church to attend. Not any local church, but you need a regular meeting, even with a group of believers. For two or three to gather together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So you need a group. You need people to pray with you, to love you, and to care about you, and you for them. And I might also add, even with a group, fellowship is a sweet blessing. You know, to know that others struggle with their same battles that you do, they need you, you need them. But you also need, and this is another point of the book of Ephesians. Listen to what Ephesians 4, 11, 12, 13, and 14 say. It says, now please listen to this. Got what God says here. This is not my opinions. It says, and he, Christ, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come in the unity of the faith in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a complete man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's maturity, folks. That we no longer, listen to this, that we no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, in the cunning craftiness, wherever they lie in wait to deceive. Your church... And it's biblical. As Paul writes to Timothy, you need pastors, you need teachers, you need evangelists. Why? Because they equip us. God has gifted men. He's gifted women to teach other women the things of Christ and the things of God. You need these in your midst. Deception is one of Satan's favorite schemes and he uses false doctrine to do it. And this is why the gift is given to these men and women in order to keep you from this false doctrine. We'll have more on this later when we talk about the wiles of the devil. So we can read from God's word of the urgency to be connected to a local church or a local group where there is a a weekly or a gathering of Christians together to study and to pray and to, for one another, and especially to study the Word of God. We don't meet together to have a big bowl session, talk about our neighbors and talk about other Christians. It's for the teaching, the Word of God, and for fellowship. And we are not being made perfect, or, or, or should I say that King James word perfect means complete if we do not enact this in our, in our lives. Again, we fought as a cohesive unit in Vietnam. We watched out for every member of our squad or our platoon. I had their backs and they had mine. I didn't go out on a search and destroy mission on my own. That'd be foolish, that'd be stupid. That would be insane. 
that would be suicide to go out on my own. So why do Christians think that they can fight the enemy on their own? Especially an enemy as strong and powerful as Satan. You cannot do it. Satan is a mastermind of deception. He has thousands of years to hone his craft. We need the help, my friends, of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Listen to what God says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Quote, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. And how can you do it with one another if you're by yourself or you're an island? You can't do it. Making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. The Old Testament says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So let's not leave ourselves an open target, brothers and sisters. If Satan is trying to stand Satan is trying to knock us off of our stand. And he'll do it if we try to stand alone. Finally, my brethren, brethren, we talked about the word finally. My brethren, be strong in the Lord. You, now, now I'm going to tear apart the, apart the word strong. When I always read this, it says strong, strong in the Lord. I want to be strong. Remember when I was a runner, I did things, I did exercises, I went to the weight room and built up those things that would help me run faster in all these road races. And I was dedicated to it. I want to become a stronger runner. So how does one become strong in the Lord. Do we just pick up our armor and when the devil comes to call, because he will come to call. So I view and compare this to when I was in the Marine Corps, and I'll end with this thought. There was a period of time when as a young crew, I did not know what my gear was. I mean, I didn't know, they called it 782 gear. Any, any of you been in the Marine Corps, you know what I'm talking about. I didn't know how all that worked. I didn't know how the strap hooked together. And for me, when this evil day came, for me for me to be a Marine, to just put it on without knowing how to use it or know its purpose was silly. I had to gain experience with it and know how to utilize it in combat. And that's what the training for it was for. That was another reason for the boot camp to know how to utilize your armor. This made me stronger as a recruit. It made me stronger as a Marine. And I had to be, I remember all the intense physical activity and most of my training in, in boot camp was spent on obstacle courses and push-ups, calisthenics, constantly during the day and most of the day. What are they doing this for? Well, the stronger Marine is a better Marine. 
They, uh, they wanted me to become strong physically, and they wanted me to be tough mentally. So, this type of thing that I talk about being strong, this first starts out in our Christian life by knowing, and here it is, this tying in with Ephesians chapters one through five and a half, knowing our position in the battle. We are to be strong, and what does it say? We strong in the Lord. What does it mean to be strong in the Lord? An often used phrase in Ephesians is found 27 times in the book of Ephesians. It's in him, in the Lord, in Christ, or other synonyms that are used. So, signing off for now. I'll see you next week, and I'm going to talk about the little practical applications that we can do to be strong in the Lord. And these are found, like I, like I said again, I want to tie in Ephesians. These are found in the book of Ephesians. So, see you next week. Thank you.